thank you musicians and all those that work behind the scenes getting the service the way they do. Appreciate your help tonight. Amen. If you have your Bibles, we're going to turn to the book of Revelation in chapter 3. Revelation chapter 3, starting in verse 7. Have you ever been at home just having a great night or great afternoon and everything's going swimmingly? God is helping you, having a great day. And all of a sudden you get a knock on the door and um, everyone just went silent and everyone just stopped and everyone just pretended for a moment that you weren't home. Have you ever done that before? Like someone knocks on the door, all of a sudden it freaks us out. I remember, I'm not sure if you remember, maybe I'm getting old, but I remember when someone knocked on the door and it was awesome when someone knocked on the door. It was like, man, somebody's here. We're going to have some fellowship tonight. We're going to have some fun. We're going to have some food. It's going to be a good time. And the people come in, they're like, hey, we're in the area. We're thinking of you. We're like, yeah, come in. And then you play Monopoly till 2 in the morning. And you have a great time. Just, I, I, love the, I remember those moments, especially growing up uh, in Australia. And they, they were great times. But now, someone knocks on the door. And you're like, who the heck, who the heck is here? It goes silent. You ever done those silent ones where you just pretend you're not home? And they, you could see they're trying to look through and you just, you, you just stay quiet and everyone get down, everyone be quiet, everyone listen up. And it's, that's a bit weird, right? When someone's at the door, we should open, but for some reason we don't like opening the door. But knocking on the door gets our attention. It, it, it gets something inside of us to, to react. You know, you can call someone and you can message someone and they can leave you on scene. Ever, anybody been left on scene before? You send them something, hey, it just, it just, and you get nothing in return, but you knew, you know they were on there, and they just saw it, and they pretended that, that you weren't important. But when someone knocks on the door, it's different. You, you, get, you naturally go and you open the door. You know, I was, when I was in America, went to the Brooklyn Tabernacle Church, and it was just during the day, and I think I told you the story. We, we couldn't get in. I tried pushing the door. I'm sorry, I probably shouldn't try and break into the church. Probably not appropriate. And so, but around the side, I found this guy. He says, no, I will let you in. If you just knock, someone will come around. So I went back around and started knocking, knocking. And about 20 seconds later, this guy came around, opened the door, unlocked it, and let us through, gave us a tour of the building. Because there's power when we knock, and it doesn't take much effort to knock either. And I preached on Sunday about asking and seeking. So tonight I'm going to talk about knocking. But especially want to aim it, uh, and that's the title tonight, for those with little strength. Because you can knock and get on the inside very, very easily. You can get access to all that you need very, very easily, and that comes through prayer. So for those with little strength, we're going to look at the Church of Philadelphia, and this is the faithful church. In Roman, uh, Revelation 3, we're going to read from verse 7 down to 13. And to the angel of the Church of Philadelphia write, those things who's, uh, uh, These things says he who is holy, who is true, who has the key of David, who opens, and no one shuts, and shuts, and no one opens. I know your works. I see, uh, see I have set before you an open door. And no one can shut it, for you have a little strength. That's very, very important in this whole text. You have a little strength. You've kept my word, and you haven't denied my name. Indeed, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan, who say they are Jews but are not, but lie. Indeed, I will make them come and worship before your feet. That means the enemies that, that come against us will bow down before us. And to know that I have loved you, because you kept my command to persevere, I will also keep you from the hour of trial, which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. Behold, I am coming quickly. Hold fast to what you have, that no one may take your crown. He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go out no more. I will write on him the name of, of my God and the, and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down from heaven from my God, and I will write on him my new name. He who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says 
to the churches. Amen. Let's pray before we start. God, we're grateful for this night. I'm grateful for your presence that's already here, Lord. And I pray, God, you see those, God, without much strength. God, I pray, help us to realize where our strength lies. God, help us to knock. God, help us to seek you, God. And help us to be a people of prayer that can gain access and have spiritual dominion in every single area of our lives. God, strengthen the weak. Bring courage to the weary, Lord. We thank you for what you're going to do by the Holy Ghost. In the mighty name of Jesus, everybody says, Amen. Two, po- two points tonight. First, I want to look at doors of opposition. In Australia, um, you know, you guys have high schools from year 9 to 13. In, in Australia, you have it from 7 to 12. So it'll be from year 8, year 8 to year 13. And you all have that together in one, uh, one high school. And I remember the first days of high school. Anybody remember their first day of high school? It's, like, it's a bit nerve-wracking. It's a bit nervous. And most of my friends went to a different high school. So I didn't really know too many people, just two or three. And I was in year 7 or year, year 8. And I was playing soccer with some of our friends. And the ball, you know how the ball goes out and it goes to like the year 13s and the year 13s get the ball. And it's like, from, you know, they get it and they look at us and we're expecting it. I mean, oh, thank you. Can you pass the ball back? And they get it and they just boot it in the opposite direction. And I was like, okay, no worries, no worries. But we, you know, they're twice our size, so we couldn't do anything. And so we all said, we said we'll never be like that. We'll never be like these guys. These guys are bullies. These guys think they're tough and all that. Anyway, fast forward. Now I'm in year 13 and we're playing soccer on the field and the ball comes from the year 7s and we're like, yeah, stuff it. They need to <laughs> so we kick the ball away. Because you don't come on our turf and you think you can, you can muck around like that. And we, we just mocked them and it was all right. They, they, they survived. They need to learn the hard way. It's good for them. But the reason I say that is because sometimes as Christians, you need to understand that we are entering in the devil's turf every time you want to do the will of God. The devil, as the Bible speaks, has dominion here on the earth through sin. And every time you want to step forward in the plans of God, there's going to be resistance. There's going to be a pushback. And we must understand that. And one of the, the keys the devil wants to do to all of us is that he wants you to feel intimidated. He wants you to be intimidated by f- moving forward in the plans of God. All of us here, you felt God speak to you about something. And before you even did anything, the first thought that came into your mind was fear. I can't do this. Because straight away, the devil wants to intimidate us. And the reason he does that, because he doesn't want us to enter into what God has for us, very simply. Have you ever gone through life and just felt out of it? You felt just pulled away. You just feel like your mind can't think straight. You can't focus. The heart that you used to have, you don't have as much. And and that's the Christian life. There are times we feel like that. And the reason is not because you've backslid and not because you're a horrible person, but because there is a spiritual attack and that he wants to intimidate you and stop you from moving forward in the plans of God. We understand this, the children of Israel going into the promised land. It's promised to them. It's the will of God. God has set that before them. And they go in and immediately there's a pushback from the devil. There's, they say there's giants, there's walls, there's all of these problems. And immediately there was opposition. This was the will of God. This was the plan of God. And yet there was opposition. There was a stalemate. There was a stop. There was a fight that took place. And listen, church, you're going to go into your plans and purposes of God. And I pray that every one of you do. But if you are, you must be ready for some resistance. You must be ready for some fight back, some pushback, because we are taking dominion and that doesn't come easily. Matthew 17, the disciples couldn't heal this young boy and they're praying, they're laying on hands and they're praying every prayer in the name of Jesus, in the name of Pastor Mitchell, and they can't get, nothing's happening and they're crying out and they say, Jesus, why did this happen? In Matthew 17, 21, Jesus said, however, this kind does not come out except through prayer and fasting because there was opposition he says but you need to fight back through prayer and fasting so the goal of the devil is to stop you in your tracks 
to stop the will of God progressing. You have to understand the will of God progresses not through, not through an organization. It, it progresses through people, through you and I. The way the will of God moves forward is through people. The way the will of God is going to be moving in, in Oduhu is not just because we think, oh, let's just pray for Oduhu. That's, that's good and you should. But we need to send somebody there and it's done through people, not just through an organization. 1 Corinthians 16, uh, 9 says, For a great and effective door has opened to me, and there are many adversaries. So even though it's the will of God, even though this is the plan, and this is the purpose of God, there will be opposition, there will be pushback, and there will be fight back. The Bible says an adversary. And we know that word from this famous t- uh, scripture, 1 Peter 5, 8. Be sober, be vigilant, be always aware. Because your adversary, your enemy, your opponent, the devil walks around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He wants to devour our future. He wants to devour our dreams and our plans. He wants to devour our confidence, our faith, our boldness, our passion and our zeal. But we must understand this prayer involves battling through resistance. That's when you need to pray the most. Because <laughs> many people, we pray when life's good, right? Never had a bad day, I'm not praying. Well, that's, that's like the most important time to pray because that's where the real battle happens in our text we're not exactly sure how how the battle is happening and what resistance they have but we know it's there in verse 9 it says indeed i will make those of the synagogue of satan who say they are jews but are not but lie there were people coming against this church they said yeah we're christian but the, jesus says they're from the synagogue of satan that's some, I like that word. That's a deep word. I don't know exactly what it means, but it just sounds pretty cool. You're from the synagogue of Satan. Uh, you know, I wouldn't say that to anyone, but Jesus says it here. So these, these fake people who pretend to be Christians, but they're not. And they're attacking the church. They're fighting against the church. And clearly, there is resistance against the church. When we talk about open or closed doors, especially in closed doors, it talks about uh, there's no access. There's a blockage. There's a resistance. Okay, ever been locked outside your house, you left the keys inside or in your, I remember when we first got married, Beck and I locked the keys inside and Beck had to climb through the, the laundry window. Laundry window was like this big and she was like, oh, who's going to climb in? I was like, yeah, okay, fine, hurry, whatever, you know. No, she's trying to be nice, you know. And so you know, I was shoving Beck through this window to get back in because we lost the key. Now we couldn't access what was rightfully ours. And everything we need, church, is found in God and we have direct access to that. But the devil sets up a, a door that is closed in front of us. And to get all that we need, we must break through these walls and these doors of opposition. And the way you, you do that is through knocking, Jesus says. Matthew 7, our text from Sunday says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For anyone who seeks, uh, sorry, anyone who asks receives. And he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. Church, there's, there's some doors in your life. There's some things that will not happen unless we knock through prayer. There are some things that are only available and only accessed through prayer. It is not through if I just come to church, if I just do right and then God will bless me. No, no, there's some things that are, that are separate and you will only get through prayer. One of the a famous story in the Bible that Jesus spoke of, a parable is in Luke uh, 11. I'm going to read it and just point out some things here. It talks about a door in this as well. This is talking about prayer. Jesus gives an example. This is just straight after the Lord's prayer. And he, uh, and he said to them, which of you shall have a friend and go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves for, uh, for a friend of mine has come to me for, on his journey and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within and say, do not trouble me. The door is now shut 
and my children are with me in bed, I cannot rise and give to you. I say to you, though he will not rise and give to him because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence, he will rise and give him as many as he needs. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. This is a powerful scripture here. A number of things we can point out. Number one, it was midnight. And midnight in the Bible is never a good time. It's never like, yes, midnight. It is, oh, snap, it's midnight. Exodus 17, the, 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 12 pla- uh, the 10 plagues that, that God placed on the Egyptians, the final plague of killing the firstborn happened at midnight. And there was, a, there was an element of, of fear and death. The Bible talks about a darkness that could be felt. Acts 27, Paul is in a storm, and it says around midnight is when they, all the people wanted to jump ship because the storm got too strong. The wind got too heavy, and they wanted to jump away. They wanted to get away. Listen, church, midnight represents those times in your life where you feel most desperate, where you feel most lonely, where life is the darkest, where you're most desperate, times where you've had enough, and maybe you're feel, feeling like the people in Acts 27 in the shipwreck, and they just want to jump ship because they think, you know what, it's over for me, I can't do it, and they just want to jump ship. But they stayed on by the grace of God and made it ashore. So number one, it was midnight, and we can face midnight times in our life. Secondly, he had nothing. A friend came uh, from, from a journey, and he had nothing to provide for him. And it's like someone coming to your house, and you've got no food. And that's not a big deal to us, right? That's no big. But in those times, this is a serious, serious issue. This is shameful to not have anything to give to a guest. And here he is suffering shame because he's got nothing to give. And this is even true today, like even in my culture, if you go to someone's house, my grandma, if you open the cupboard, she's got enough food to last like 20 years in there, like without going to the shops ever again. There's always something in there. But here, there's a time that he's got nothing to give. Have you ever gone through life and felt you had nothing left to give? That you, you, you should, but you've got nothing there. And you're in a desperate situation. It's midnight, and there's nothing for you to pass forward. Thirdly, it says here in our text that the door was shut. The door was shut. What he needed was bread that was on the inside, but he couldn't get inside. The door was shut. He was locked out. There was opposition. And there was something standing in his way. And church, when it's midnight, spiritually, when you've got nothing to give and got nothing left, and there are doors shut around you, you feel weak. It says in our text, for you have little strength. Little strength. And these are the times where we feel weakest, we feel lost, we feel broken, that we can't see a way out. And the good news is, church, is that it doesn't take much strength to knock on God's door, that you can still find access. Let's look, secondly, and finally, at doors of permission. We've seen the opposition. Now let's look at some permission. Verse 7 of our text says, To the angel of the church of Philadelphia write, These things says he who is holy... And he who is true, who has the key of David, who opens and no one shuts and shuts and no one opens. This word, the key of David, is, is from the Old Testament, but it's basically like the key to the city. The city of David, he goes, Jesus is saying, I have the key to the city. That means I have the master key. I can open any door that I want and I can shut any door that I want. There is nothing that holds me back. And now, by the grace of God, God passes that same power, authority and dominion and he passes that to his children, that's you and I. We now can open any door that we need to get into the will of God. There is nothing that can hold us back. There is no opposition. There is no devil in hell that can stop you from entering the kingdom of God. Because we have this power inside of us. Now we have permission. And the lesson here is that even though you will face doors of opposition, 
It's our job to change the situation. It's, it's on us. God has already done His part and made it available. Now it's on us to seek to change the situation. Remember, God has all power in Matthew 28, 18. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. He goes, I have all authority in every situation. But now He passes that authority down to you and I. Matthew 16, 18. And also I say to you that you are Peter and on this rock I will build my church. And the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth, it will be loosed in heaven. And this is a great promise that you need to pray and, and add into your own personal prayer life. That a certain, some certain situations need to be loosed and certain situations need to be bound in Jesus' name. He says, number one, whatever you bind. This word means to forbid, to stop, or, or to deny. And there are things in life that we need to deny the devil letting access in. Mark 1, there's a man with an unclean spirit, and he tries talking to Jesus. You know what? Jesus doesn't really talk with devils. He doesn't have time for him. He says, get lost. Mark 1, 25 and 26. But Jesus rebuked him and said, be quiet and come out of him. And the unclean spirit had convulsed him. And when the unclean spirit had convulsed him, he cried out with a loud voice and came out of him. There are some things in your life that you need to shut down. There's some things you need to say, that is not acceptable. That is not happening around me. Jesus is in the temple of God and this guy full of, full of demonic is trying to talk to him. Jesus says, you be quiet. And you do not speak like that. Some of you, you need to shut some things down that are going on in your mind. You need to say, that is not allowed here. You need to close that door instead of letting the devil in for dinner. We need to close it and not let him back inside. Because most of our issues is not because, oh, him and him. It's because we let them in. We let him inside. We need to push back. Especially, one thing I'm noticing more and more today, especially when it comes to sickness and disease. Some people, they don't ever stop getting sick, ever. They get healed for a week, then they're back sick. Healed for a week, then they're sick. And it's constant, constant. Why is that? That is not the will of God for us as Christians. Can you say amen? That is not, that's not how we're supposed to live. And we need to take dominion here. Ephesians 4.26, the NIV says, Do not give the devil a foothold. And I believe many people have given the devil a foothold in sickness by this, by just simply accepting it. Oh, well, it's that time of the year. Really? I thought Jesus was alive. I thought Jesus' blood set me free. I thought I am healed by his stripes. What time of the year does the blood not work? Oh, but, but you know how it is, you know, the kids. And, and we, we can get into that mindset. And so we just accept it. And we don't fight back. And so we let the devil in for dinner. And then it affects our whole household. I was talking, I spoke with Jane today. Um, uh, not, not this Jane, the other Jane. And so, J-A-N-E. And we spoke a couple of months back, and, and if you, you will notice that uh, Josiah was getting sick all the time. He had ear infection after ear infection after ear infection after ear infection, and it was out of control. He was constantly getting sick. You would have noticed that she wouldn't be at church for weeks on end because the kids were sick. And, you know, I was, I was talking to her about it, and I said, Jane, can I just be straight up with you for a moment? And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, I always get worried about this time. I'm like, you just need to fight back, man. You just need to say, no, you're definitely not allowed to get my kids sick all the time because you're doing the will of God. You're doing what's right. You need to shut that door and not let it back in. And so she said, all right, I'm, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. She did. That day, within an hour, she said, he was completely healed. 
and that sickness hasn't come back, even though it was weekly for months on end. And now that sickness hasn't come back. And you've seen that she's been here every, every Sunday morning service. She's been healed and the, the kids have been completely healed for months on end. And she says, I can't believe how much I let the devil in before and just accepted it. Because most of life is what you're willing to accept. And Jesus says, whatever you bind. And so you need to start binding some of the sicknesses that's coming on in your household. And I, again, I'm not saying if you get a cold, oh, you're not spiritual. I'm not, not talking like that. So don't take it that way. But if it's a progressive, it's, if it's constantly... Get together with some brothers and fight back and say, this is not acceptable in my family. You are not going to get this sickness. You may have heard, oh, my uncle had a, had a heart attack. His uncle had a heart attack. My father had a heart attack. Well, I'm going to have a heart attack. Well, don't speak like that. What do you expect is going to happen? He's got diabetes. She's got diabetes. I'm going to have diabetes. And then you come for a prayer, pastor, I've got diabetes. How about we close the door before it actually starts? How about we start fighting back? God has given this permission for us. Whatever we bind here on earth, God says, I'll do it up in heaven. And this can apply to many areas, finances, marriage, ministry. Any area that's, that starts to get attacked, you need to say, no, devil, you are not allowed in this area of my life. And then he says, whatever you loose. Loose simply means release. You need to be very un understand this and in your own life and in our church. The devil does not rule the church. Because too many people, they're running from the devil. Oh, the devil's doing this and the devil's doing that. The devil, Jack, the devil's doing nothing. The devil can't do nothing to us because we have God on our side. And this is when we need to fight back and says, you do not have dominion here. Jesus rules this church and he has given us all authority. And so we'll not accept this when things are happening, when, when new converts don't come back. It's like, oh, well, we just can't get them back. No, no, we need to fight. God, we, we open this door and we give authority so that these people can come back. It's not acceptable that all our new converts constantly backslide or, or don't come back or there's no growth or the financial things of the church goes down. That is not the will of God. We need to fight and release this blessing onto our church congregation. You need to release blessing and, and by releasing discipleship and evangelism and conviction and revelation and all these things. It's, out, it's on us. And we need to take dominion in this area. These possibilities have been granted to us if we would knock. If we will ask God, God, will you move in this area? He gives us plans and provision and power and we can access all of this if only we knock when resistance comes. Just because resistance comes doesn't mean, oh, well, that's just the way it is. No, no, there's a fight back. Loosing and binding happens through prayer and it's through your words, not just through your mind. Because many people like to pray in their mind and that could sort of work. Most of the time when I pray in my mind, I start getting sidetracked and go in these opposite directions. But your words are powerful. God told Moses, think about this. God told Moses, speak to the rock to get water. <laughs> really? Most of you, most of us, like me, if God said, God, Dan, go speak to the rock to get water. <laughs> get behind me, Satan, make me look like an idiot in front of everybody. It's not going to do that. Because a rock is a non-living thing and can't produce water. There is no water inside that rock. But when you open up a door, impossible things become possible. God told the prophet to speak to the dry bones. And the Bible says, indeed, they were very dry. Imagine, <laughs> it's, like, it's like going to the cemetery and being like, Live! Right? You'd get locked up straight away. Like, I wouldn't allow you in the church. I'd send you to another church. One in order. But this, this, this is of us. But, but Jesus tells us to do some things even when we don't see the outcome. Because even though there's resistance and it looks dead, if you open the door, life comes because Jesus is our life. When we have God's keys, church, there's no situation that could stop us. 
There is no people that could stop us either. People don't have the final say. God has the final say. And the Bible says what God opens, no man can shut. People might try and close the door, but He is still the unstoppable God. Can you say amen? We're saying tonight, He's alive with all power in His name. And He gives us that power. When we use Jesus' name, power comes in. I like, it says in verse 7, it says, These things says He who is holy, who is true. I, I really like that. Because there's a connection between the holiness of God, the truth of God, and open doors. And I may have mentioned this when I preached on this topic a long time ago, but there are holy means separate and true means true, right? So there are common doors that are fake. And the devil's always trying to push us. You can get access this way, but it's fake. The only way we get access is through the true door, which is Jesus Christ. So what's the, what's the connection between truth and walking in a door? Because you walk in truth. You have to understand this, 3 John 3. For I rejoiced greatly when brethren came and testified of the truth that is in you, that you may walk in the truth. And when you walk in the truth, that means you are walking in the way that God intends for you to walk. That, we, that means you live the life that God wants you to live. Because many of us, we're, we're getting blocked by these doors, but, but they're fake doors. And if we'd only cry out to God, we know that these doors can open in our life. John 14, 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way, which is the direction. I am the truth, which is an authentic open door and the life, living the life Christ intended for you to live. And when we understand this, when we walk in truth, you actually have the life that God has. Many people, Pastor, I'm not really getting what God has for me. I'm not really doing it because you need to walk in truth. And the truth is God wants you to us to have dominion. Can we say amen to that? God wants us to focus on Him and, and step into His plans and purposes. But if you refuse that but still want the life, it doesn't work that way. He says we need to be open to what God has for us. So I close. For those who have little strength, my call to you tonight is to hold on to Christ. There's a saying that a, a river cuts through a rock, not through power, but through perseverance. You want to get somewhere in life, it's not just through your power. It's through not giving up. It's through not quitting. I know times get tough. Life gets hard. Life is tiring. But hold on. Because we can see clearly in our text that change comes very, very quickly. Because you might get blocked, 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 blocked. But then one day Jesus might open that door. And then there's freedom. And then there's hope. And then there's dominion. And then there's power. The theme of our text is to keep going. Verse 10, because you have kept my commandment to persevere. Do you know that perseverance is a commandment from God? Verse 11, behold, I am coming quickly. Hold fast to what you have. Verse 12, he who overcomes, I'll make him a pillar in the temple of my God. Overcomes what? Overcomes the urge to stop. Who overcomes the urge to quit. Who overcomes the urge to, to pull back and to pull away. Perseverance is what we could be commanded to do. Perseverance means to keep going through difficulty. And we are people who should persevere. Because there is always blessing to those who persevere. We can't live by how we feel right now. Or else we'll ruin the future. If we live by right now, we'll be in trouble, right? Or we live by day to day. What am I feeling? But if we live by the word of God and persevere, man, great things happen. Think about Job. And James really points this out. It says in five, chapter 5, verse 10. My brethren, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord as an example of suffering and patience. Indeed, we count them blessed who endure. You have heard of the perseverance of Job and seen the end intended by the Lord 
that the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. I love that because none of us have gone through anything near what Job has gone through. Lost all his children, all his money, all his possessions, everything in one day. Yet as you read through the book of Job, he perseveres. And when you read to the end of Job, you see that he gets twice as much as he had at the start. And that blessing, that double portion blessing, is only reserved for those who persevere, for those who keep going, for those who don't stop. So I encourage you to call on God. In verse 12, I don't have it up on the screen, but in verse 12, three times, Jesus says, I'll give you a new name, a new name. You'll have a new name. And that talks about a new identity. That means situations will change if you persevere. That means life will be different when you persevere. Identity means that I was once like that, but now look who I am in Christ. When we pray and when we knock on heaven's door, church, great things happen. So maybe you've got a little bit of strength tonight. Have you got enough strength to call on God? Have you got enough strength just to knock on heaven's door? Because it won't always be like this. But when we knock on heaven's door, God opens the door. And every blessing that we will ever, ever need is found in Jesus Christ. You say amen. Praise God. Let's bow our heads. Let's pray. Hallelujah.